This is Dr. Ara Austin for the School of Molecular Sciences. This podcast is really to help our students set up in career paths that they're interested in. Welcome to this session of Graduating in Science. Now what? Today we have our special guests, Ms. Alicia Binion and Mr. Del Perio from Starbucks and Ms. Lori Angley from Robert Tay Flavoring Company, who are all scientists with very different roles in their respective companies. Welcome to the program, and could you all introduce yourselves to our students? Sure. So I've been a partner at Starbucks for two years. I manage Product Insights, and my team, basically what Product Insights is, is my team conducts um, sensory and consumer research from a product development point of view. We research products with the perspective that will gain knowledge about any of the products, whether they're Starbucks products or competitive products. I think that Consumer Insights is, if you're familiar with Consumer Insights, is knowing everything about consumer behavior. Our goal is to gain insight into the perception of our products, whether it's consumer perception or training panel perception. My name is Alicia Vinion, and I work at Starbucks. I've been with Starbucks now for 14 years, and I am a product developer. So what that means is I currently work on beverage. So I create new products within beverage that are served at our uh, stores. And my focus is on tea and refreshment. That's great. I love my coffee in the morning. I need to have it or else my day and everybody else's day is going to be miserable. So thanks for the work that you do, Dal and Alicia at Starbucks. And we have Miss Lori Angley. Lori, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. My name is Lori Angley. I'm a senior flavorist and group leader of flavor development at Roberte Flavors in New Jersey. I have been at Roberte for 25 years now, and our company works hand-in-hand with Starbucks. We create flavors based on project requirements that Starbucks will provide to us, and we develop the flavors that they will use in their products. That's great. And what's the new up-and-coming flavor? Could you share, or is it a top secret? Um, I could share some of the flavors that are more popular right now. I would say calamansi lime, yuzu, taraco blood orange, a lot of regional type flavors. Uh, customers tend to want regional, to make regional claims. So I think regional is very popular right now. That's very interesting. I was recently in <clears throat> Korea visiting family. That's where I'm from. And we went to this um, island, and this island had a new grand opening for Starbucks. So obviously, I knew that we were doing this podcast, so I walked in there. And it was amazing the flavors that were available uh, in that specific location and it was regionally based and supposedly you could only get that drink or that beverage at that location so I thought that was very cool. Uh, So this podcast as you all know uh, is meant to help our students in the sciences. Um, I know that all of you have a science background and that's why you are obviously chosen uh, to be our guests today. Could each of you share your education background with our students? My education background is I have an undergraduate degree in fermentation science, which I got from UC Davis, and I have an MBA from in marketing research from Rensselaer Polytech Institute in Troy, New York. And my education is I have a bachelor's of science in biochemistry. I went to Montclair State University in New Jersey. I started as a food and nutrition major, and I had a chem minor. I was really adamant about going for my uh, RD to be a registered dietitian, and I had more chemistry classes, and I changed, and I, um, 
I declared chemistry as another major. So I had two majors. And then I went for my master's at Rutgers University. Great. And you ended up getting your master's in food science, correct? Yes, that's correct. Great. Thank you so much. And how has science benefited all of you? And how has it helped you to be where you are today in your careers? Dal? Sure. I think right now is an exciting time to be a scientist. I think that for me, science coupled with statistics has has been the foundation of research for me. I think that in the past 20 plus years ago, sensory evaluation was a foundation for product insights. And sensory evaluation has helped me to look at the perspective of not only just subjective um, research, which in, in my case is learning from consumers how much they like something or how much they dislike something, but it's also the objective piece of it, which is really interesting. That's where the science application is most prevalent in that you actually train people who have the ability to discriminate attributes or, or perceptions and, and tastes in general. And you go, you have them go through a series of acuity screening tests and you pick those or select those people who are actually capable of picking out differences and you train them as an objective tool or, at, or in the form of research or the methodology where they're being objective and they're telling you the intensities of attributes. And coupled with that, I think that what I currently do and what I've always been doing is the development of threshold levels. So if someone is capable of picking up bitterness, let's say, for example, you always want to know how much or what's the threshold where they're no longer able to perceive that bitterness. And that's the five basic case. And so I think that because of that frame of mind of that or that way of thinking, whether it's critical, or even that methodical way of thinking in in the, the the, the case of perception or consumer behavior, I think that that's been something that's benefited me the most, I think. Great. And I don't think students understand, and that this is kind of sad part about the education system, is that we are almost never application-based in terms of college education. So that I think students do understand the importance of science, but I don't think they know how it translates to, for instance, a consumer or a participant, a patient, so on and so forth. So thank you for sharing that part about your job and your role at Starbucks. Alicia, would you like to add to that? Yeah. So growing up, I've always been interested in science. And so that's why I went to school to get my degree in biochemistry. Being a product developer and a food scientist was never something I had thought of as a career. I didn't really know that it was a career um, when I was in school. And I was working at Starbucks while I went to school in the stores as a barista. Oh, wow. And once I had, once I had graduated with my degree, um, I was actually very interested in forensics and was looking at lab technician jobs more in the forensics field. But I came across a position at Starbucks corporate working in the labs here in product development and because I had that science background, it definitely gave me an advantage. So using my science background has helped me. I've taken what I've learned in biochemistry and applied that to food science. There's a lot of uh, similarities, especially when you're developing products, be it a sauce, a syrup, 
uh, juice, what be it, you do have to have some of those basic knowledge of science. So that has definitely helped me and given me advantage as a product developer. That's great. And what an inspiration because, as you know, Starbucks and ASU partner in terms of providing the Starbucks associates with a degree from ASU. So thank you for sharing that part about you working as a barista because I think that gives a lot of my students hope that obviously there's something beyond, you know, that they could do with their degree. So thank you. Uh, Laurie, would you like to share how your science background has helped you in the work that you do? Sure. When you're taking classes in college and you, you know, especially in chemistry and you learn a lot of reactions and a lot of reactions are going on in your head and you graduate, (laughs) you think, you know, you wonder if you're going to be using all those things that you've learned. But the, the thing is that you're basically taking that information and using it to work at your job to do problem solving, to be organized in your lab experiments, or it doesn't have to be lab experiments. It could just be doing basic work or doing work like I do for making flavors. It's taking those skills and using them every day. Also for, it also helped me to do research. If I'm making a certain flavor, I have to develop a flavor that I don't really know about. I like to investigate. I like to go online. I like to go look up um, information on the, the flavor, what type of volatiles are in there. So that it's that aspect of the education that really helps, you know, and you can apply that. That's great. And yes, thank you for bringing the lab courses up because I teach a lab uh, during the summer times and students go, do I really, am I going to really use this technique later down the road? And I said, yes, actually, mm-hmm. <laughs> it is yeah. useful. I know that it sounds very trivial, but we do use them as organic chemists or chemists or whatever. So thank you for mentioning that. So for those <laughs> of our guests who do bench science still, uh, where does science fit in in product development? For instance, when you make a beverage or a food item at Starbucks, where it, where it all comes together? So like I was saying before, I think that the way that I establish or the approach that I take to any type of research is looking at perception. And from my point of view, it's, it's about what can people perceive or what, can, what, what do they not perceive. Sometimes there are drivers for liking that are important to consumers and sometimes it's it, it becomes a trade-off so let's say for example if it's sweetness and they have a beverage and they they don't want you to change that level of sweetness we do look at from the science perspective where is that threshold for sweetness that they that they like because sometimes there's that tipping point too or it may be too sweet or it may not be sweet enough so that threshold level actually helps to identify where that that and I was going to say, where's that sweet spot? <laughs> but, um, but no pun intended. But where is that, where is that sweet spot of where the ideal um, perception of sweetness would be? And if you, if you couple that with the product development point of view, where they're, they're looking at the increments or the levels of sweetness, sometimes that doesn't always translate to how it's perceived by consumers or how it's perceived by a trained panel. So that can, that can be applied to, to, to sweetness. That can be applied to coffee level. Um, so the intensities are really important, and it isn't always about what is actually in that that product, but it's actually, from my perspective, it's what is that perception and how are people perceiving it, and for that matter, if they're perceiving it at all. And then when you couple that with the consumer piece of it, which is also driven by science and also driven by statistics, in that you're controlling everything else other than just that that ingredient, 
sometimes it's really important to see whether or not it's something that you should you should be focusing on or not because it may not be important or it may not even perceive be perceived by consumers or by trained panelists either. Very interesting. And we have a group here, a biochemist group here at ASU who do exactly what you're describing in terms of how a uh, participant feels things and senses things on their tongue. So it, it's it's something that you don't think about, but you realize, you know, how that perception is for the individual. So that's great that there's, uh, I mean, it's definitely a vital role that oftentimes uh, people like myself don't even think about. So thank you for sharing that, Dal. And Lori, can you expand upon how your work fits in terms of product development? Yeah, for for me, having a knowledge of the structures of the chemicals, especially the chemicals that I'm using to develop with and make flavors with, helps because then I know what type of reactions they may undergo, what things may be a problem when I put them into a flavor. Um, just the basic general ideal principles of science, the structures, the basic structures that you learn in your chem classes are really, really important especially in my field. And also, also identification techniques like gas chromatography um, and other, other types of techniques that help you know, quantify, do qual- qualitative analysis or quantitative analysis of the flavor really helps because, especially if you're looking to compare different flavors to see how storage conditions can affect it, you can see where different things will drop off or will increase. You may have reactions going on. So knowledge of the tech of the different identification techniques really helps in my field. It's really right. important. There is a very infamous lab in organic chemistry, the infamous Esters lab, and that's where they make, you know, different little trivial flavors mm-hmm. like bananas or pine smelling. And I don't think students make the connection that those are the esters that actually go into products um, <laughs> that have been exactly. widely used. Uh, but yes, so thank yeah. you for sharing that aspect. And Alicia, even though you don't do strict bench science anymore, how, in what ways do you use your scientific knowledge and skills in your current position at Starbucks? Uh, yes. So in developing products, whether it be a juice, a sauce, a syrup, whatever component that we're creating, you have to have a basic knowledge of how molecules interact um, and breaking it down to you know, fat, acid, sugar, um, carbohydrates to understand how they interact and to ensure stability. Stability is important, but also food safety is utmost importance. We want to make sure everything that we're creating is food safe. So we are always looking at, we're measuring pH, uh, titratable acidity, looking at water activity, bricks, um, and we have some parameters that we have to ensure all our products are within to ensure the safety of all of our products. So there's a lot of basic science knowledge that is needed. Great. Thank you. And we'll end with this one last question. Um, As mentors in the food industry, um, and all of you have degrees and backgrounds in the sciences, can you share a word of wisdom with our students if they want to pursue a career in food science? Sure. For me, I think that once you develop a science foundation, I believe that you can you can carve out a career path of your choice. I really believe that um, chemistry is a foundation for everything. I think that from organic chemistry to physical chemistry to biochemistry, all of those different 
all those different points of view from um, from a chemistry point of view. I believe that I use that every day and I think of it every day and I bring it into everything that that I do, whether um, like I was speaking earlier about perception, I'm constantly thinking about chemistry. I'm constantly thinking about that reaction of not only how foods taste, but also the texture of products, how it feels in your mouth, how things look, the appearance of, of products, also how they smell, and then interaction of aroma with flavor. So I think that all of these little day-to-day things that I apply to what I do is a part and has a big part in the foundation of science and chemistry, like I was saying earlier. I remember in organic chemistry receiving a compound from the professor, from my professor and saying, here, here's a compound. I want you to determine what this compound is. And then you, you move forward and, and try to determine what it is. And I think that ultimately, if you if you use that critical thinking and that methodical approach to any, anything that you do, I mean, even to this day, like I said, I, I still use chemistry and use science. I think that'll be helpful. And the word of wisdom, I think, is that once you have that foundation and you're very comfortable and knowledgeable in, in, in what you're capable of doing, I think that I really do believe that you can carve out the career path of your choice. Thank you, Dal. Alicia, do you have anything to add to that? Um, yeah, I do. So obviously, I totally agree with everything Dallas just stated. I consider myself very lucky. Food science and product development is not anything that I was ever on my radar, and I kind of fell into it. But I absolutely love my job. It's a great balance of fun, creative, and then also more of a technical, scientific aspect. And so I would say much of what Dal said is really work on building a good foundation of just basic science knowledge and skills and then not letting it limit you just being open mm-hmm. to anything any careers or any possibilities and being willing to take those chances yes thank you for saying that because i think students get a chemistry degree by chemistry degree biology degree what have you just the, in the natural sciences and then they think because this is a food science sector i'm not qualified to do such things and you know i, I go well you never know until you knock on the door and actually go do it so thanks for sharing that uh with the students because i think they need to hear it uh, multiple times hundreds of times from various people laurie would you like to uh, make a comment on the last question Sure. And I agree with Dahl and Alicia. Also, for me, I know this was important. Look to your professors and advisors for help. Don't be afraid to ask them questions because they definitely can help you. It's really important. And also to be a good listener. Keep your mind open. Don't think you can only do one thing. Like Alicia said, you may have to try different fields in science to see where you fit in or what's best for you. Like for me, again, I was going to go, you know, I was, I really was adamant about going for, to be a registered dietitian, but as I took more chem classes, I kind of switched gears and now I feel it's great where I am. So I'm really happy. And it doesn't mean that you failed, you know, you may have to change paths and that's okay. Thank you, Laurie. We want to thank all of our uh, three guests for joining us today, and we appreciate them taking their time out of their busy schedules to speak to our students. More information on this episode of Graduating in Science, Now What?, can be found on School of Molecular Sciences website, sms.asu.edu.